Hi there. Welcome to the Calm Podcast, combining academia and life with Marilyn. My name is Marilyn Ritchie, and I have been a mentor and a scientist for 15 years, and I wanted to find a platform to reach more of the academic community than I interact with at my own university. My goal is to give you strategies and ideas for how to achieve harmony between work and life. Sit back, relax, and let's achieve harmony together. Hey there, this is Marilyn. Thanks for joining me again this week for another episode of the Calm Podcast. I want to talk about what is going on this week. I don't know about the rest of you, but earlier this week, I said to my husband, babe, the wheels have come off the bus. We are careening off the road down a hillside and the wheels have come off. What are we going to do? And he just said, Mare, calm down. We'll put the wheels back on the bus. I don't know if anyone else has had a week like this. Um, Earlier in the week, we had uh, so much frustration from both of my kids about things going on with online school. My daughter didn't understand something she was doing and she got a zero out of 15. And so she was in tears. And then my son was having trouble with some problems on some other website he was doing. And so I heard him just stomping his feet in his bedroom. Um, simultaneously, I had just gotten a rejection email for a paper. The kids have been arguing more than usual, especially on the day that it was rainy and they couldn't get outside at all. I just felt like we were on the verge of straight up anarchy this week. Everybody seemed a little fragile. We are at the end of week 10 of quarantine. And I think we just hit a wall or the wheels came off. I don't know what analogy you want to use, but it just, it was definitely a a challenging week for everyone. I will say the last two days, the weather has been warm. The sun has been shining and the wheels are back on the bus. And I think again, that we can do this. Um, But man, earlier this week, it was just rough. So part of the reason I wanted to share that is that I know that in these podcasts, I'm, I'm trying to be um, inspiring and helpful and positive. And nine times out of 10, that is the authentic real me. But I do still have those, those hard days and those bad days. And so I just, I want people to know that, you know, every day is not sunshine and rainbows and chocolate puppies over here. There are definitely days that are that are a struggle. And this week we were definitely on the struggle bus for a good part of the week. So as I said, we're at week 10 of quarantine and I have been thinking about what to talk about this week. And it hit me uh, on a walk the other night. I was listening to a an episode of the Jen Hatmaker for the Love podcast, which is one of my favorites. And it was one of the days that that was a rough day um, here in my house. And so my walk was definitely a stress reliever. And at the end of every episode of her podcast, Jen Hatmaker asks her guest a question. And the question comes from one of her favorite writers named Barbara Brown Taylor. And the question that Jen asks at the end of every episode is, what is saving your life right now? 
And she says to her guest, this can be funny, it can be serious, whatever you want it to be. It's just off the cuff, you know, real quick, one thing, what is saving your life right now? And as I was on my walk, I heard the question and I heard the answer and then the podcast ended, but I wasn't done with my walk. And so as I was walking, I was like, what is saving my life right now? And I just started spitballing, like, this is saving my life and this and that. And I started typing them into my phone kind of as I was walking on the path in the woods behind my house. And I decided that maybe that would be fun and and helpful for everyone this week. They're not groundbreaking, um, you know, earth shattering big things. It's really just a list of little things. But these little things are making all the difference in maintaining some happiness and and sense of balance and sense of kind of success in surviving this super weird quarantine time that we're living in. And so the topic for today, and given that this is week 10 of quarantine for me. This is going to be my 10 list, my top 10 things that are saving my life right now. All right, number one, delicious coffee. I am a coffee drinker. You could swap this out for tea or whatever your favorite beverage is but I absolutely love coffee. I am generally a Starbucks person. I have joked with a few friends that I'm surprised that Starbucks has not called or emailed to to make sure I'm okay. I looked at the app. You know, I am generally a, I go to Starbucks, I don't know, four or five, six times a week. Um, There are several of them on campus at work, and so I'll just kind of pop in and get my grande or venti chai latte, and I'm just delighted Uh, for the rest of the day. I know that's not a coffee, that's a tea, but that's my favorite drink at Starbucks. But I haven't gone. March 9th was the last day that I went. Yes, I know some of them are open, but I just haven't gone. I haven't really left the house other than to go to the grocery store. So I have not had Starbucks. But what I found is actually that I really enjoy a fresh brewed cup of coffee and a little splash of sweet cream or Italian sweet cream uh, creamer. And that's it. And I do have kind of a fancy snobby coffee pot. And actually I have two. I have one that is a grind and brew, so it grinds the beans. And then I also have a Nespresso that uses the little pods. And so I do realize these are snobby coffees. But just holding that hot cup And drinking it while sitting on my front steps or sitting on the deck or just sitting on my couch, I have, you know, at least one or two cups in the morning. And that is like, has become such a ritual to just sit there with the coffee, with the warm cup in my hands and just really, I've come to like savor and enjoy that moment. And then again, mid-afternoon, probably two or three o'clock having that coffee to kind of get me through the the meetings in the afternoon. It used to be that I would walk for coffee with one of my work friends, and I do miss that. But I'm still trying to observe that the ritual 
nature of having that coffee. And some days I do get online and just chat with somebody at that point. And then after dinner is kind of the third time. And I I find that I'm like really looking forward to that cup of coffee. And so coffee might not be your thing, but if there is some sort of um, beverage that you don't just drink it because you're thirsty, you drink it because you enjoy the taste, you enjoy holding the, the cup or the glass in your hands, and you can really savor and enjoy that that little bit of time. Number two, crock pot recipes. Oh my goodness, is anyone else so tired of coming up with things to eat and cooking? And I'm not even doing all the cooking in my house. My husband does 90% of the cooking. I only cook a little bit. But, oh, the constant like preparing of the food and cleaning up the food. I Our poor dishwasher, I don't know if it's going to survive this. I swear we're washing dishes twice a day. It's crazy. But that's what happens when you have four people eating three meals a day at home, which in some ways has been really good. I know that we're eating healthier and I know that we're spending less money. I know that our salt intake is less because eating out, you know, the food is really salty. So I know that it's a good thing, but it just gets challenging to put it all together. But what I have noticed, uh, certainly the last couple of weeks, even more so as the weather's gotten nice, five o'clock in the afternoon, my husband and I look at each other. It's like, do you want to cook? Oh, I don't, I don't want to cook. Do you want to cook? Oh, I don't want to cook. Like you're kind of, we're at that time of the day where we've hit the wall. We're done. The last thing we want to do is bust out a bunch of stuff in the kitchen and start cooking. And so we have several days a week been doing crock pot meals because at nine or 10 in the morning, we have plenty of energy for cooking. It's the start of the day, we're like ready to go. So getting the food cut and prepped and put into a crock pot is easy at that time of the day. And then at that time, at the end of the day, when we're tired and don't feel like cooking, we don't have to because it's just ready. Dinner is just ready right when you're hungry and you don't have to cook at that time when you don't feel like it. So another huge benefit that we've noticed, you know, a lot of crock pot meals have um, either frozen or canned um, things in them, which at a time when uh, you're trying not to go to the grocery store too frequently, that's really convenient. So you can kind of stock up on some canned or frozen goods and then they go in the crock pot. Um, there's a huge variety. I mean, we have made things like different types of tacos. We've made soups and stews. We have made um, roasts and roasted, you know, vegetables and different types of casseroles. I mean, there's just so many different things you can do. There are tons of vegetarian options. We've made a few and a lot of meat options. And so as I was sitting there kind of thinking about what is saving my life, it is that crock pot. If you don't have one, you can get one at, you know, online, Amazon, Walmart, Target, any of those places. There are really inexpensive ones. There are also really fancy ones. I think for most crock pot meals, the cheap one works just fine. You just need a low and a high. Most recipes, that's all they have, low and high. We've also tried a few Instapot meals, and those are also outstanding. Um, so that's another option is an Instapot. The one difference with the Instapot, though, is you do do it right then. So 
um, it's really quick and it might only take 20 or 30 minutes, but you have to like cut the food and put the food in at that time, which as I said earlier, at five or six o'clock, it's like the last thing we want to do. And especially now that in Pennsylvania, the weather is, is picking up and getting really nice. Like we want to be sitting outside at five o'clock and then go in and eat. We don't want to be in the kitchen cooking. So number two, crock pot saving my life. Number three is probably going to go away here soon because, as I just said, the weather is getting warmer, but I have a little space heater in my office, and in the mornings in Pennsylvania, especially in the spring, it's very chilly. Like, a lot of mornings, it's cold. It's like 30, 40 degrees in the morning, and then it goes up to 60 or 70 in the afternoon, but the mornings are so cold, and so I sit down in my office chair um, in my home office, and I'm just freezing, and just, I hold my coffee, but I'm so cold. So we had a space heater that was just kind of sitting around in uh, in our basement, and so my husband put it into my office um, several weeks ago now, and I turned that on. Number one, it gives me some white noise that um, I don't feel like everyone in my house hears every conference call that I'm on. There's this little bit of white noise in the background, which I find comforting. I don't know that it helps with them. They still may hear everything I'm talking about. Um, so they're getting science all day long. But for me, I love the white noise. And then just having that warmth, it just, it, it make, takes me away from where I'm sitting. And it may sound silly, but I, I like being warm. And so I'm really looking forward to summer and hot weather. I cannot wait. I feel like it is going to help me get through this very weird time. But as I'm sitting in my office every single morning, it's like ritual now that I turn on the space heater, I point it directly at myself and I just sit there. And I actually can't imagine going back into the office where we're not allowed to have space heaters on campus. And I'm, I'm actually really dreading having to sit down to start my workday without a space heater. So uh, as I said, it may sound silly, but man, my space heater is saving my life right now. All right, number four, walks in the sun. I know if you've been listening, you've heard me talk about exercise and movement and how I feel like that's been really important for me to stay sane. It's really helping with the stress and anxiety levels. But this week, while the weather's been a little better, I have really been enjoying walking outside in the sunshine and in the fresh air. I think it's a combination of of sun being a really good mood booster, fresh air just being so good for our bodies, especially when we've been inside so much for weeks and weeks and weeks, and it's exercise. And so it's like the trifecta of goodness if you can go for a walk outside in the fresh air. I know that people are really busy trying to juggle all of the things that they're doing at home, all the work and the online schooling and taking care of everything around the house. I have several days this week taking a conference call on the walk. So if it's a call that I do not need to share my screen, nor do I need to look at someone else's shared screen, it's just a call. I'll even do it with video. I'll say to the person, like, I'm happy to turn my video off. Um, I'm walking during this call. So if you don't want to see me bouncing around, I'll turn it off. But otherwise, you know, I, I need to walk. Um, but it's been a huge mood booster to get that walk in 
Um, I enjoy it even more when I can take the walk and listen to a podcast or listen to music, but I haven't really had time this week. I've just had a lot of meetings, a lot of conference calls. And so I just decided, you know, I'm just going to take my call on the road and that way I get my walk, I get my sunshine and my fresh air, but I also get work done at the same time. So if you are one of those people who is having a hard time getting moving, and I know several of my friends have said they just cannot get themselves to exercise, maybe just going for a walk outside is a great first step. The weather is picking up across the country. The fresh air will do you so much good. And it might give you a chance to make a phone call, listen to a podcast, listen to some music, just get a little bit of alone time. And so if you are one of those people with little kids at home, maybe you and your partner can each take a turn going for your walk so that you get also a little bit of alone time. All right, number five is finding some great books to read. I used to be an, a non-reader. And when I say that, I mean I did not read books for fun. I didn't have time. I had little kids. I'm a scientist. There is always a stack of papers that I need to read for work. There are a stack of papers that I need to edit that are from either my trainees or the people in my lab or collaborators. I always have grants to review. I always have papers to review for journals. So reading books for fun, it was just like, if I have time to read, I have no business reading those things. And then at some point I just decided to read one and I was like, oh my gosh, I missed this. I love reading books. It Nonfiction, fiction, you know, the fiction ones take you away to some other place or some other time and you get to kind of use your imagination. The nonfiction books, especially the ones I've been reading a lot in the personal development space, they're so good and they're giving me so many ideas and strategies to feel good about, you know, the choices that I'm making in life and being the best version of myself and and I'm really enjoying them especially right now during this time when my fallback tendency is to turn on the TV and veg. I, I was raised with TV, you know, in the eighties, I watched a lot of TV. We didn't have the internet. We didn't have uh, a lot of the technologies that we have now. And so I was a TV child of the eighties. And so my kind of fallback relaxation veg mode is turning on the TV. And while I'm still doing some of that, and there's nothing wrong with that, I am finding that if I can avoid the TV and open a book instead, it it just, it feels better. And I'm like happy that I've read the book. I'm happy with what I've learned in the book. And so I, I definitely think books are saving my life right now. If you aren't sure what to read, um, definitely take a look at Goodreads is a website that I use a lot. I'll put in a book that I like and see like what other people recommend or Amazon does this as well. You know, people who read this also enjoyed these other titles. Um, if you have friends that read a lot, you could ask them for recommendations. I have a couple of friends who routinely post their book recommendations on social media There are also a lot of book clubs. Actually, Goodreads has several 
kind of book clubs or book groups or lists that, you know, if you like this type of book or this genre, here's a whole list of things in that space that have been highly recommended. So if you're not a reader, uh, I would recommend that you that you try. A lot of libraries are closed right now, but they do have online um, online books. So if you have, you know, a, on your phone or on an iPad or a Kindle, you could read a book online. Um, and Amazon is still delivering. We've had books delivered probably at least once a week for the last 10 weeks. So that's a great segue into number six, which is online shopping. I am a shopper. So one of my favorite hobbies in life is shopping. I love walking around a mall. I love walking around Home Goods, Target. It's just a thing. I have liked it since I was a teenager. It has not gone away. I enjoy shopping. And so that is one of the things during this quarantine that's been hard for me. I miss walking around a store. So online shopping has become the only way we can shop. And uh, as I just said, you know, we've been ordering from Amazon, you know, books at least once a week. I've been ordering a ton of things on Amazon. And I'm trying not to go crazy because the economy is in a very fragile and um, unpredictable, unpredictable situation right now. And so I don't necessarily think this is a time to be spending, you know, tons of money. But at the same time, I do want to put some money into the economy. And so I've also done some shopping on Etsy, supporting some small businesses, some small kind of craft uh, vendors. We uh, just ordered some more masks this week, since it looks like we're going to be wearing face masks, you know, certainly for a large part of the summer. Um, I am, I and my daughter are both people who care a lot about our clothes being coordinated and and matching. And so um, not matching each other, just that we have an outfit where the accessories match. And so I ordered some more masks with a different variety of colors so that, um, you know, depending on what we're wearing, we can wear the mask that goes with our outfit well, which is so silly. And this is what we've come to. But um, but I want to support small businesses. And to be honest, if I'm getting that urge to go out and I can't go anywhere, if I get on Etsy or I get on Amazon or I get on some website and I order something small, it kind of deals with that urge to, to go out. Um, I've also used this online shopping for, you know, getting groceries, getting the household items that we need. Um, we've done some um, small projects in the house. So we've picked up the things we needed for that. I definitely um, feel like from both a, a staying home and staying safe, as well as a little bit of fun and entertainment, online shopping has been saving my life. And I would bet that the delivery drivers um, would agree that that it's saving my life. It might not be saving theirs, but it's definitely saving mine. All right, number seven, doing puzzles. So I am the type of person who, um, I don't generally do puzzles. Like on a regular day, I don't put together, and I mean like a jigsaw puzzle. When we go on family vacation, we usually rent a house on a beach with uh, our extended family and uh, all get together. And throughout the week, we probably do two to three thousand piece jigsaw puzzles. 
We set them up on a table somewhere in one of the common spaces kind of off to the side. And in the morning while we're having our coffee, a few of us sit there working on the puzzle. And then when we come in from the beach for lunch, while some people are making lunch, sometimes the, the older kids are working on the puzzle. Um, same thing at dinner time. It might be a glass of wine instead of the coffee. We kind of sit and work on the puzzle while dinner's cooking. Um, sometimes again after dinner, and it just kind of sits there. And throughout the day, different family members just kind of work on the puzzle. And for the last decade, that's the only time I work on a puzzle is when we're on a vacation. I have found that I'm home so much, I was like, well, let's just put a puzzle on the dining room table. We don't really use our dining room table. We'll just stick it on there and, and see. And I have found that I love it. Um, I don't sit and do it, you know, all day long, or I don't do it in a day. It probably takes me about two weeks to work on a puzzle. Um, every once in a while, I can get my kids to, to come work on it with me. But it's just been really relaxing when I just want to kind of blank out and not really think about anything. You just look at puzzle pieces and put them together. And apparently I'm not the only one who has had this idea because if you have looked for puzzles, they're gone. There are like no puzzles in Target. Online, the back order on puzzles is like until June or July. So I guess tons of people decided that doing puzzles was a good idea. Because I, I know I've walked past the puzzles in Target in the past, like back in the old days when we could go to stores. They always have tons. And I have tried to order them from my Target online and they have none. There are none. So uh, if you can find a puzzle, it's a great way to pass the time and to give you a sense of completion when you finish it. And I should give a shout out to one of my good friends. I was posting about my puzzles on social media and she said, oh, do you want some more? And uh, so one of my good friends is shipping me six or seven puzzles to do. and I'm so, so excited. So thank you, Terry, for shipping me the puzzles. I can't wait to get them. Okay, number eight, house projects. As you've probably heard me say at some point, um, if you've been listening to the podcast, we've moved into this house about two years ago. And so we still have lots of little kind of completion projects that we've been wanting to do. They've been kind of on the list and we just didn't do them. And so we've been trying to take time during this time that we're at home to get them done, especially on the days that it's raining and we can't go outside anyway. You know, there's really not a lot of other things to do. And so we have been doing things like, you know, organizing a closet in the bedroom. We've been cleaning out a junk drawer. We organized the pantry. We've hung curtains. We've painted some rooms. We have reorganized the furniture in some rooms and moved some furniture around. And I have found it so rewarding and just just making me so happy as I walk through the house that the rooms are starting to take shape the way that I want them to. And especially right now when we are home like all the time, it's just nice to have the rooms look the way you want them. And so from both a, a way to spend the time, like I'm enjoying doing some projects around the house, and then simultaneously when they're done, I'm like so happy with the way that it turned out and the way that it looks that again, it's like a win-win because the project itself is rewarding and 
gives you a sense of completion and you get something done, which feels really good. But then when you're done, you also get to enjoy it because you're home all the time. So if you have some little projects that you've been wanting to do and you just haven't had the time, if you can kind of push yourself to go do that instead of sitting on the couch watching a show, it it's going to make you feel really good that you've completed it. And afterwards, you're going to look at it and be just so glad that it's done. All right, number nine, what is saving my life almost every evening is a bubble bath. I, I am a bubble bath person anyway, like in general, but especially right now when the evenings are when my mind starts to get on the, the worry train and I just start doing the what if, what if, what if. It's probably because I watch the news or read the news in the evening so that I don't ruin my work day. I save it for the end of the day, but then my evenings, I do kind of start to get anxious and worried. So I have found that a bubble bath makes a huge difference. Um, lavender bubbles in particular, so using a lavender bath bomb or lavender bubble mix, bubble bath mix is um, just super relaxing. Sometimes I listen to a book or a podcast while I'm in the tub. Sometimes I read a book. Sometimes I just sit and think and let my mind wander. Um, I am working on a grant right now, and I have just kind of been, as I soak and relax, thinking about things to put in the grant. I have a little notebook on the side of the tub that I just pick up and write the things down. Uh, Super great way to relieve muscle pain and tension, which I've been having because, as I mentioned uh, in another podcast, my 14-year-old is really pushing me on workouts, and so my muscles have been sore, and so it's been helping with that. So huge, huge uh, thing in my house that is saving my life is the bubble bath. And finally, number 10, the last one, is... Zoom or BlueJean or FaceTime conversations with my friends. Uh, I truly believe that connection with other people is one of the essential features of life. It's just something that we need. And this isolation is really hard. And it's hard for, for everyone that I've talked to. And having that connection at a time when you have to be socially distant and you're not allowed to be around other people is even more challenging. And so... Fortunately, we do live in a time where technology enables us to talk to people and see their faces and see their smiles and see, you know, the the emotions in their eyes and we can do that. And so I have been doing that. We've done it with the extended family. We've done it with kind of groups of friends. I've done it just one-on-one with friends and that connection is absolutely saving my life right now. I I do really miss being around my people. I'm an extrovert. I love being around people. And that to me has been the hardest thing. You know, I can work from home forever. The getting the work done for me at home, I don't have a problem getting motivated, being productive. That's not the issue. It's the social life part that I miss. And I so look forward to the, uh, the time when we can get back to even just small groups of people, you know, 10, 12, 15, um, getting together in groups. I know it's coming, uh, at least in the, the Eastern 
Pennsylvania, Philadelphia area. We probably have a few more weeks. We're almost there, but other parts of the country are there now. And I hope that they can uh, maintain social distance while being together so that case numbers stay um, stay low in those parts of the country that are open. But if you are one of those folks that you know are really missing your connection with other people and you haven't started, pick up the phone, schedule a Zoom call. It is definitely saving my life. And that is it for today. The top 10 things that are saving my life right now. As I said, some of them are silly and may not be helpful to you, but hopefully some of them are. Maybe they're things you haven't even thought about trying or doing and um, adding some new little thing into your routine during this time where it feels like every day is the same might help. Uh, The last thing I just wanna do is I have a request I keep forgetting to say this, and so I'm going to say it this week. Um, If you could please uh, subscribe to the podcast on whatever platform you're using and rate the podcast or put give feedback on the app that you're using, that's super helpful. The way that the algorithms work on all of those platforms is that the more people who subscribe and rate and review a podcast, the higher it goes up in the search so that other people can find it. I also have an email address. I would love to get feedback. The email is thecalmpodcast.feedback at gmail.com. That's thecalmpodcast.feedback at gmail.com. And I also have a Twitter handle for the podcast. It's at thecalmpodcast. And if you could send feedback, suggestions for topics that you would like to hear, uh, things that you like about the podcast, things that you don't, I would love to hear it. I am really enjoying doing this for the community, and I hope that you're enjoying it as well, but I'm always trying to uh, be the best version of myself. I want the podcast to be the best version that it can be, and so I would appreciate any feedback and suggestions that you have. So I'm going to sign off. Have a great week. You've just listened to another episode of The Calm Podcast. I hope that some of the strategies that I talked about are helpful to you in your journey through academia and life. As they say, it's not all about the destination, it's about the journey. Let's make it a great one. Until next time.